Welcome to the Gray Area Podcast. This is episode 112, and today we have a very special show. I'm going to listen to a recording of a panel at PAX South this year, the first PAX to be in San Antonio, Texas, uh, on a panel called Where Did Multiplayer and MMOs Go? You're going to hear me, obviously, uh, speaking uh, as the community manager from City State Entertainment. Massively's Larry Everett will be there. Uh, Zerg ID's co-founder Alex Albrecht, Lorehound's editor-in-chief Patrick Mulhern, and Meg Campbell, who is a YouTube uh, gaming strategic partner, will all be speaking on this panel, and hopefully you will enjoy it. So apologize for any sound quality as, you know, it's a large room and you get a little bit of echo there. Hopefully you will also come back and listen to the other shows where I interview developers on their thoughts and talk to them about how they got inspired to make the games that they do. So I hope you enjoy our panel. Music today is Nightson from Russell Brower from the World of Warcraft soundtrack. I'm Patrick Mulhern. I am the editor-in-chief and one of the co-founders of Lorehound.com, which is MMO mobile-focused site. Uh, I am currently pretty much playing WoW, uh, kind of teetering off on that a little. Uh, playing Neverwinter, um, which is awesome. You guys should give that one a whirl. Uh, a little bit of Marvel Heroes, which is a dungeon crawler, and you get to be Iron Man and stuff. And uh, in and out of Wildstar. That's probably most of my MMOs. And then some MOBAs is Smite, and here's the story. Gotcha. I'm Genesee Gray. I'm the community manager, partner relations person for City State Entertainment. We're working on Camelot Unchained. Uh, things I've played in the past, let's see. SWOTOR, Anarchy Online. Yes. Don't don't clap for that, really. <laughs> <laughs> what are you currently playing? I'm currently playing Eve. I just got through tutorials, so that's not very far in there. <laughs> could be a while. She's a hardcore reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and World of Warcraft, of course. Nice. Uh, I'm Alex Albrecht. Uh, thank you for the whistle. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently the co-founder of uh, ZergID.com, a social network for MMO gamers. I uh, used to host a show called Dignation and a show called The Totally Rad Show. Woo! Thank you very much. And Project Lore. And Project Lore, yes. <laughs> Patrick back in the day. Uh, and uh, God, I'm, right now I'm sort of teetering out of Endgame WoW. Um, just because that's what happens to me every couple months when they put a new patch out. Uh, but I'm playing the hell out of uh, Here's of the Storm. That's like my big crack right now, as it were. Hi, I'm Larry Everett. Come on. Ooh, Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, with Massively, I uh, also uh, do a show on Game Breaker TV called The Republic about Star Wars The Old Republic. One of the people that's in there is over there. <laughs> um, and uh, what am I playing? Obviously, Star Wars The Old Republic, and I'm looking to get back into ESO, you know, once it goes uh, 
does its thing. Fake free to play. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I play just about every MMO, at least for you know an hour a week. <laughs> a week. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, every MMO for an hour. Like, this Weekly. character builder is amazing. <laughs> She's ready to go, and I'm done. And I'm done. <laughs> well, that's as far as I get. That's the best part of any MMO. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. yes. All right, and I am your innkeeper of this session. Uh, Meg Campbell, I'm a strategic partner manager at YouTube, so I work with gaming creators. Um, we're in a conference room, but right now we are one big guild, the Pack South Guild. And let's pretend we're actually at a tavern. We've got our hearth going. By the way, we need your gold to sign. Yeah. Up. <laughs> There's a 2% guild tax. Yeah. Guild tax. <laughs> Property tax. And uh, these guys are just the loudest that we can all hear. So. Agreed. Yeah. Um, all right, so we, we started to kind of get into it, but what has been kind of the history of your MMO experiences, especially uh, relating to community? Uh, let's see, are we just going to go down the line we, or just jump whoever, in? Whoever speaks first. All right, we're the loudest. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing MMOs for quite some time. My first like hardcore experience was definitely WoW. Uh, my first ever experience was making fun of my friend for playing this weird game called EverQuest. <laughs> that, I think that was everybody's first experience. Yeah. You had that one weird friend that was like, dude, dude. I haven't slept in seven days. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, first off, I'm not playing that game. <laughs> we're, we're at a LAN party, and he's playing as what we thought was like a single, because we didn't see anybody. He's just killing the same monster, and he died, and he freaked out. <laughs> and this was like when black and white was new, and we're like, play this game. It's so much cooler. You get to be like a god and stuff. And he's like, no, no, no. I need to finish this. So he didn't do anything at a LAN party except play EverQuest. <laughs> First off, I don't know if he understands what a LAN party is. But... <laughs> so, um, but yeah, some of the bigger community experience is definitely obviously from the WoW career. Um, my biggest has to be either Ragnaros spawning for the first time. Uh, and realizing that I did not belong there in that fight. <laughs> or uh, the Gates of Ankaraj slideshow, which was, I'll never forget, it was so awesome, even though it was a slideshow. <laughs> I mean, and the guy in our guild was the uh, uh, alliance member who actually unlocked it, so that was pretty cool, too. Wow, that's yeah. epic. Yeah, we were pretty hardcore. They didn't do much. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do much. Socialize. I, I, I mean, it was at the time you come home and you raid for four hours, yep. and then you go to bed, go wake up, go to school or work, come home, raid for raid four, four hours. hours. Yeah, exactly. Rinse and repeat. You know, yeah. wait, you're missing a day, you're out. Like, right? you get sad for a week because you missed a day. Oh, God. DKP. Yeah. Yeah, DKP, wow. I totally DKP. forgot about that system. <laughs> oh. That one I don't DKP. miss. Can you, can you repeat the question? <laughs> yeah, what MMOs have you played? Uh, yeah, I was talking about Anarchy Online, SWOTOR, Wildstar, um, obviously WoW. Let's see. I don't know. Like Most MMOs I've played, and then I tend to be like a serial MMOist, where I'll play for a while, I'll get to level 2040, and then be like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> so two hours? You played two hours. <laughs> I created a character and I got to the starting city. No. <laughs> You're like, this city's too big. I'm leaving. <laughs> this is too immersive. This is too immersive. too immersive. Uh, that shopkeeper's mean. 
Or like EverQuest you know, being a friend, one person there. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one person in the world of EverQuest. I left. It was very depressing. Um, experiences that I can remember with MMOs. Let's see. Um, Tournament of Champions being the only rogue. Um, go stab nice. that person. No pressure. That kind of thing. Um, let's see. Deadmines. Uh, very fun ah. in its evolution. Yeah. Not that exciting, but no. <laughs> for me it was exciting. It's, it's all <laughs> yeah. exciting. It's MMOs. Yeah. What about like level capping your first character ever? Nothing? Uh, killing the Lich King for the first time. I mean, I think everybody has that experience. Yeah. Where you're just like, I actually skipped that experience. Really? Yeah, I got, it was weird. I just got, I got like, you got to go through phases with WoW, so it's like, oh yeah, I didn't do any of that stuff, but I did like every other expansion, I do endgame stuff. So it's sort of like, I don't know why I do that. It's weird. <laughs> I guess I really like the Lich King. I was like, he's cool. I'm going to let that go. No, no, I've got he's, no, he's totally I got no problems with him. Because you didn't kill him. He's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, exactly. the only person in the game who didn't kill yeah. him. So you're fine. I'm just like, God, these fucking liches. Go away. <laughs> Nobody's seen these liches? <laughs> yeah, they all killed the guy. You didn't. Nice. Yeah, for me, it was uh, Star Wars Galaxies was really the first, like, oh, this is a new... 100,000 hour game experience that I have. And it was funny because it was sort of pre-Skype. And so I had a one buddy and literally, and this is as, I mean, maybe the nerdiest thing I've ever done in my life. I actually changed uh, telephone providers so that I could get free phone calls with my one guy that I played. Wow. Because it was back in the day, yeah. Wow. It was back in the day when it would like cost some money to call. And it was a landline, and I had like this landline phone that had a headphone jack. Half the people in here don't know what a landline is. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day, <laughs> when you had to pay for a telephone service. Uh, no, I had this one phone, and it had a headphone jack, and I would like put my headphone on, call him on his home phone, and then we would literally just play Star Wars Galaxies for like six, seven hours in the evening. And he had a full-time job. Casual. Casual gaming. Casual. <laughs> yeah. He had a full-time job, and I had just been fired from a full-time job. <laughs> Why so were like, you fired from this job? <laughs> well, possibly he was that, that's, a possibly addiction. that's a whole other story. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, and it was just it was one of those weird things where I was like, I just it was the first time that I really was like, I have like I would go to bed thinking of the game. I would have dreams of playing the game in a certain way in my dreams, and I was like, this is getting fucked up. Uh, but there was something oddly awesome about it, and like, I would be, I remember being on Christmas vacation at, at my parents' house in San Diego, and I was sitting in my bedroom, I was like, all right, I gotta go to bed, good night, and I spent an hour and a half looking on the Carboneer forums, and I wasn't a Carboneer. <laughs> I was just like, maybe I should be a carboneer. I'm going to study this for an hour and a half over Christmas before I go to bed. Uh, but that really was my first sort of experience of the sort of community. Like, one of the things that I loved about um, Star Wars Galaxies, one of the many things I loved it, and by the way, completely flawed game, totally understand it. There's a lot of shit that's bad in the game. But one of the things that I realized, too, uh, that I hadn't mentioned when we were sort of prepping, is they had this helper flag that you could throw on. So like if you were a person in the game and you were like, I love the game, I get that new people are coming in and they're gonna be idiots, because that's what happens, and I was one of those people. Like, I'm just gonna put helper on my name, and then you run into a city where you're like, I just died from a butterfly, what, what am I supposed to be doing here? Like I am way out of my element, and SWOTOR did not help you in any way, not SWOTOR, uh, Star Wars Galaxies did not help you in any way of being better at the game. It was sort of like, here's the game, good luck. And you're like, what? No, we have that droid that would 
following you around and annoyed the hell out of you. I know, and you're like, get, I gotta, come on. An astromech? What is that? Uh, it's Star Wars Navi. Yeah, I was like, what's going on? Uh, but that was part of the stuff that I was like, this is really cool because it's really, it, it, it forces you to be social, and it was sort of pre-social networking, and there weren't, you know, there was one website that was the forums that you could go to. Um, but yeah, no, that was my big, and I, I dabbled in WoW early, um, but fell into Swo um, uh, Galaxies, right? I always I keep saying Swotor, I don't know why. I also played the shit out of Swotor. <laughs> I think that's the thing about MMOs, though. It's how it completely affects your life outside of the game. You know, for instance, uh, if you're a raider, you probably learn how to go use the bathroom in less than 45 seconds. Yeah. Which is a useful tool. Oh, yeah. Really. <clears throat> or the, the appropriate time, you're like, all right, I don't need to heal this part. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. happening here. I'm wholly locked anyways. I'm and you run back to TeamSpeak, and you're just like, no, I'm, I'm here. I was here the whole time. What are you yeah. talking about? you got to go like, all right, third trash pull, I pee. Fourth <laughs> trash pull, you pee. We'll be fine. So Larry, to round it out, I mean, you did say you play every MMO for now. <laughs> Any others you want to mention? Uh, well, my biggest, uh, the one that really got me into MMOs, I mean, I, I played uh, UL, uh, you know, way early, um, for a month. Um, <laughs> the, the, the biggest one that got me into it was Star Wars Galaxies as well, and, uh, but I got into it, like, as a role player, because I, I came, I actually, my background's in theater, and, and I loved taking on these characters and being able to sit in a tavern and talk with somebody that is a Jedi, or talking with somebody that, that, um, you know, is, actually is their character and does what their character does, like, for instance, I mean, with Galaxies, it was really, really cool to have a tailor, and that's what they did, is they made clothes within the Star Wars, Gal within the Star Wars Galaxy, and you would, I played on, uh, I was on Starsighter, if anybody else was on Starsighter in, uh, in, in Sw uh, Swig, and um, it, there was a tailor that had her shop all set up, like a tailor's shop, yeah. she would, she would make clothes for you, and have you try them on, and you would, Oh, this looks good. I can go into battle like this, and it would be great. And uh, uh, I, I remember my big, the biggest experience, though, I remember from that game was uh, was the community manager Hex. Um, we had this string of houses all set up that looked like an imperial base, and we all walked around the stormtrooper armor the whole time. And uh, what he what he was able to do, we had uh, another arrival guild come and attack. This, this base, and we popped the text and we said, hey, Pex, can you make it look like this building, this building, and this building blew up? And as we were doing it, he would he had alerts appear on the screen, and it had this uh, explosion happen over in the corner, and swapped out mines, so it looked like this house exploded. That's and amazing. Was amazing. He was alive editing the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, he was. They he used was, to do that in, in yeah. galaxies all the time. Like people would show up. Like all of a sudden, every, the chat would go crazy. It'd be like, Darth Vader just showed up. It's like what? <laughs> and then it was like, come on, come on. Where's the shuttle? Darth Vader's there. Seven minutes for the shuttle. Yeah. Oh, Darth Vader's gone. Yeah. <laughs> literally, there was Damn one it. time I actually just saw the Imperial like a uh, uh, transport thing folding up and going, oh. and I was like, Vader. <laughs> Vader! I made it! Hey, ah, he totally waved at me! He's, I he's, saw him! <laughs> I 
missed that whole the, thing. The, I was the thing came down. He's like, "Hey, <laughs> I see you. Go, do stuff. <laughs> do my bidding." <laughs> Alex, I think this is some of the inspiration for your panel. Um, if you want to talk about what it's like being in your garrison now versus galaxies. Yeah, I mean that really was sort of the impetus for this whole thing was. I, over the years, um, you know, one of the other things that was so great about Galaxies, and, and, you know, Larry hit on it with the tailor is a tailor. Like, that's what that person does. That's the, there's no combat involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's your guy or girl is you do that. You know what I mean? Um, there were people that were like mayors. <laughs> like, like, their job was literally be a, po- I think it was called politician or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. How many jobs did they come out with again? Because there was a, an insane I think it was amount. like 34. Yeah. And that's literally all you would do. Yeah. That like, account was specifically for that of course everybody that was a mayor also had a second account where they were a Jedi or something like that but, uh, yeah, well yeah <laughs> although Jedi I mean that was talk about a grind uh, which I never did by the way uh, but yeah no and and so I love this whole concept of like you know if if people were like in a city to do what they did like if you got hurt and you needed to get, have find a doctor you went to the medical center like you went to the hospital and there would be players in there that were like hey you hurt? And you're like, yeah! <laughs> Finally, yeah, it's fine. sitting here for seven hours. Honestly, I did level a doctor, and it is very annoying. You literally just sit there, and you're like, somebody's going to come through the door any minute. And then Which, they do, and you're like, hey, welcome! I got cookies and water. Sit down, sit down. You got some OJ, too. We yeah, yeah, lost yeah. a lot of blood. Uh, but yeah, and then as games, as games sort of progress, and I think as sort of our own sort of attention spans kind of got a little bit shorter, uh, mine indefinitely. Um, you know, I just started kind of feeling like, am I playing, like I started feeling like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm playing an MMO anymore. I feel like I'm playing a co-op game with my friends that other people happen to be in. But I don't care who they are, I'm not interacting, there's no reason for me to interact with them. And then when the Garrison thing came out, um, which is, I don't know, if you're not playing WoW, WoW came out with basically this sort of like, Home base, like your own home base. They finally came up with player housing. It's been, well, it's a little yeah. There's no customization. They call it player housing, but I find that horribly offensive. Uh, as a as a mayor of the town. Uh, but so, and the whole concept is is that it seemed cool on paper, and it, there is some cool stuff to it. But essentially, you have your your own phased castle. And everybody on the Alliance goes to the exact same space in the world that is phased to them and what they do. And I was in my garrison, and I did some stuff. And I was sitting around, and I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do? Like, this is an MMO. That's, there's millions of people playing this game, and they want me to sit in a place that nobody can come yeah, and you, sort of just, like, push things? Because you don't need your professions anymore because no. everything's in the garrison if you want it to be. And so even... Even the ones you had, now you don't need like anyone. So I don't need to ask you for alchemy ingredients yeah. because I can just get my own now. Yeah, and anybody can just pick bushes. You don't even need to leave. No. Like you don't need to leave your little base, and and that's what's worse. So it's it's odd because to me it's juxtaposed with the the world of Draenor is actually more interactable yeah. than anything except maybe vanilla. Because, uh, obviously, in Vanilla, they took a lot of stuff out because of, like, farming and stuff like that. And now they, they've added it back because it's all, like, instantiated to you or that character. But you can, like, run around and just randomly find some old piece of loot that ends up being a blue. Yeah. Right? Which is, it, which is pretty solid. But, again, you don't really need to go in the world because you, everything's coming from the garrison. And 
you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's very weird because they did so many cool things in Draenor that I I mean me and my buddies when we were playing it was just like, are you kidding? Like we there was like this boat, it was like a little boat in the water, and my buddy was like, check out that boat, and I was like, what? Why would we check out that boat? Like it's just it's just you know it's garnish. It's the, you know, cilantro <laughs> on the guacamole. You're going to push it to the side because it's just, it's just the side. It goes in the guacamole. Nah, not, not my guacamole. Your guacamole uh, sucks. <laughs> my guacamole is so anti-cilantro. Uh, but we, like, went over there, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's just a boat. And as he was leaving, I was like, wait, I can click on this note on the yeah. boat. And I clicked, and it was like, something about treasure somewhere. And I was like, wait a minute. So then we just started going and following these buoys out, 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 out. And then there was a note on the last buoy that was like, I hid it. Nobody will find it down here on the bottom of the ocean. Except for I left all these fucking notes. <laughs> I know. And a trail of buoys. Nobody will find it after reading all these notes to myself. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that brings up a point, though. Is, it, is everything too spoon-fed to people now? That I mean, you think about it. I mean... Because yeah. you had all those notes leading up to that point. I mean, it used to be that you would find this one thing over in this one corner that had no map unless you, you know, went to the internet and and yeah. searched it out. And it was, is everything too spoon-fed now for socialization? Is it just, oh, I don't need to go out and socialize with anybody because everything is handed to me now. I, I think that's a very good point. Like, I remember, like, Zelda being like, I don't know how to get through this yeah. stupid forest. <laughs> and, then, and then go in the, like, recess. And you'd be like, man, did you figure it out yet? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's up, left, down, down. You know, it's like, whatever it is. To recess. I was like, what website is he talking about? <laughs> it's like, recess. I've never heard of that one. All right. It's I'm a little corner of 4chan called recess. <laughs> All right, I'm not going there. <laughs> well, I think that's part of it is leveling and, and grouping as well. You know, if leveling is really difficult and you need more than one person to complete something, then you're going to, you know, get that group together. And especially if group finding is hard, you're going to begin to invest in the people in your group because you want to, you want them to like you. Yeah, right? you want them yeah. to stay. <laughs> you want them yeah. to stay. Don't leave me. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as mechanics involved in games. Too, then some of that has changed, and you know you can do most of your content solo. So why would you bother talking to a real person when I've got I've got my minions and I love them so much? <laughs> but that then actually leads to the to the counter the counterside to that though is when you get things too hard, uh, WildStar for instance, and to you where you have to group up in order to com uh, you know complete your attunement and, and uh, it's just. You know, what, where's the line there? Where's that line that says, okay, this is too much and this is too little? You know, while with your garrisons, maybe too little, the attunement in Wildstar is maybe too much. What, what's, what's the in-between there? That's, that's, exactly. that's yeah. the question. Yeah, and the good news is I think people are really experimenting. Like a great example is WoW with uh, pandas. <clears throat> you know, it was very... <laughs> Did you deliberately cough right yeah. there? Yeah. Pandas. <laughs> 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 Thing. Is that not? Uh, but they, you know, they got a lot of criticism for being too sort of cute and fuzzy, you know what I mean, and like not very dark. And so they were like, okay, well then we'll go really dark with Warlords of Draenor, which I'm trying to remember if I actually think that they did that. Like I'm just trying to remember the leveling process. Like, did I feel like it was dark? I didn't feel that it was. Uh, I mean, it depends what you play. It's just a lot of lore. Yeah. If yeah. There's a lot of lore, but they also did a lot of things just right. Awesome. <clears throat> and they did a lot of they did a lot of cool things, but again, it goes back to Larry's points. Like, 
the treasures in the world are awesome, but then you can get a buff that shows you where they are. It's yeah, like, well, that's okay. Not, yeah. I mean, all right. And no. let's not even talk about the timeless aisle. That was the worst fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made me just go, I'm done with this one for well, a while. Well, you know, of tools, I mean, I feel like they're. Three four years ago, we were downloading constant add-ons for WoW yeah. Yeah. to get all these tools. Then they bring those into the game, and then it's somehow less of a grind. So, I mean, what would you rather see um, MMOs maker do with these tools to maybe build a better community? Genesee, I don't know if you want to speak of maybe some of the things you're doing with Camelot. Sure. Um, I think you were talking about, I mean, the title of the panel is Taverns. We have inns as well in the game. The entire economy and the housing and crafting is all player-based. It's an RVR-based uh, game. So it's an open world. You're going to be fighting you know, other players, and that's going to give you a sense of socialization right there, whether it's <laughs> negative or positive. <laughs> yeah, and if you have to go to a crafter, we don't have auction houses. So if you have to go to a crafter and say, I want a sword, you know, I want this, I want that, and specifically ask for that, you're going to obviously have some sort of goodwill building, hopefully, so you can come back and have return customers and you know, things of that nature. So I think you know, there are ways that you can implement some of these social things into gaming, um, now, without perhaps you know having to change your mechanics uh, terribly to make it so that if you're a casual player and you come in for an hour, you're just like, oh, I just created a character. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you guys aren't doing auction houses because when I was thinking about <clears throat> this panel and starting to really get my brain around, you know, okay, Garrison's bad. Uh, like, what? Okay, right. Let's see, figure it all out. And then I was talking to a buddy of mine. And I was like, the auction house, like the auction house in and of itself, took an entire. Like, I don't care who made the armor I'm wearing. Yeah, exactly. I don't care who made the potion I drank, as long as it's the cheapest. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's not like anyone could be better, right? right. There's and no that, like, oh, you randomly got an... In a lot of games, there's not like, oh, you randomly made a purple version. Yeah, of right. It's like, you made 12 instead of 11. Meh. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I'm so good at alchemy. Uh, <laughs> but it's true. But and, and I was thinking about that. I was like, God, if there wasn't an auction house... And I wanted to buy something. You would have to literally go find somebody who did that thing and go, hey, I want to buy that. Let's negotiate a price that seems cool. You know what I mean? And it reminds me a lot of, of Star Wars Galaxies um, where there were actually quality differentials. So like buffs and stuff, like doctors would give you buffs and you would go and they would tell you how good they were. And sometimes they weren't that good, but they were cheap. And you were like, well, all right, I don't have much money. I'll take the crappy one. You know what I mean? But there was some sort of, it was it was cool because... And people got really, like, I remember somebody stopped me once, because um, they did have vendors and stuff, so it wasn't like, you know, I mean, you could, you know, just go and buy armor from somebody that somebody made. And I remember this guy stopped me once in the game and was like, ah, I made that! And I was like, what? <laughs> because it says on your, like, if you inspect it, it actually says, made by, and the character name of the person that made the actual armor. And he was like, I made that! And I was like, dude, I bought this! <laughs> and we literally had, like, five minutes of like, a little oh my god! Moment. Okay, cool! Every time we got this fight where it was really great, and it helped me Yeah, out, I was man. like, dude, look, this thing, I got hit by a crate dragon, but it was cool, because I had this, you. <laughs> and we, like, slash cheer, slash cheer, slash high five, slash high five. So it was a I whole mean, conversation through emotes. It was, literally. <laughs> I spend most of my life emoting. That's pretty like me and my wife. I'm like slash happy. <laughs> so, what would you guys want to see with the tools, though, to maybe harken back to what you really liked about the Galaxy, or is it more game mechanics you want to see introduced back into MMOs? So, on the point of the auction house, I think that's kind of our fault as players. 
Yeah. Right. Like it's something we always demand. Like, oh, I want to do something with the old loot. I just, I don't want to just vendor trash it. You know, like my buddy over here could use it. Oh, but you know, he doesn't need it anymore. So I think it's kind of that's got to annoy annoy designers in, in those respects where we're like, we want this, and then we don't don't ever actually want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think I think there's always some sort of uh, middle ground when it comes to the economy of the game uh, when dealing with uh, vendors and, and creating crafting and that kind of thing and selling your wares is you get one extreme where you have the auction house uh, like in Eve or in, in Guild Wars 2 where every, uh, you beat this one guy by a credit, you know, and, that, and that's the guy that gets your thing. Yeah. But then you have the other extreme like Elder Scrolls Online where uh, there isn't any vendors or anything like that and there's no way to sell your wares or no real way to sell your wares. So there is, I think there is a middle ground there, and that middle. And gosh, I hate bringing up Star Wars Galaxies again. <laughs> Star Wars Galaxies. Let again. it go, guys. It's, it's not that close. great of a game. <laughs> but, <just> the <laughs> but there was, there was actually a middle ground where the the auction house didn't sell you the item; it told you where to find it. Yeah. So, sell you information. So, yeah. It, it, so basically, what it you can sort of like pre-sell it. Or pre-buy it from another vendor. Yeah. Well, you could you could look pick you it could, up. You could look at it and go, okay, well, this vendor is on this planet, and that's way too far away for me to go. But I can go to this one right here. It's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. And he's right next door. Yeah. So there there was a little bit of, of that going around, or maybe this thing was better than uh, the one that was really far out was better than the one that was close and yeah. that kind of thing. So it's it, there is a middle ground there, and I think that that helps. That's one of the tools that I would like to see is. Maybe some sort of middle ground that's not the auction house where you're fighting over one copper or one one credit or whatever. Yeah. The other thing that's real hard for me is I love the concepts of worlds feeling like they exist without you. You know what I mean? Like, and World of Warcraft has that a little bit. I was it was one of my biggest gripes about with anything Bioware. I, and I loved Swotor. Played the hell out of it. Uh, but it really, I never felt like I was on a planet. I felt like I was in like. A column that was dressed like a planet, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Whereas even with even with Star Wars Galaxies, even though the planets were limited, you could literally run to the end of it and you're standing at a wall. They were so massive that it felt like this is an entire planet that exists. And why they didn't just wrap it around so you just like end up on the other side of the map? I don't know. <laughs> it seems not that difficult. As I say, as a clearly a programmer, ten years the world is flat. Yeah, it's like what's going on here, Magellan. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah. So I think I think having those places that feel that feel alive, and also places that you have to go to do a thing like that. It's 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 almost to me that simple. Like every city has the same auction house. It's like okay, well then I'm just going to go to the closest one or the one where my hearthstone is set to. You know what I mean? Uh, but if it was like or look, the one that's on your ship. Or the one that's on my ship, yeah. Or in my garrison, which you can totally get. Yeah. And then it's like, really? Now? Really? I can... You don't even need to switch to your AH alt or anything. You just no. sit in your garrison. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's the other thing that really annoys me about the garrison things, and then we'll get off the garrison. <laughs> There's some nice things. They're pretty. Uh, 
is that but they all look the same i know so but like, so all the followers right you like do spend all this time leveling all these followers and then you're like okay well i'm gonna get on my other character shit. oh wait i have to level all yeah. of that guy's followers it's like i'm not and then i quit yeah. That. yeah that's not gonna happen so larry um or patrick have you guys written about this and has it ever been picked up by any of the gaming publishers that reached out to you to say what can we do better or do you wish that that would happen yeah i mean i did write about it and i live streamed about it pretty much the conversation we just had about garrisons as I was sitting there waiting because I, I was sitting there queued waiting for raids sitting in my garrison being like well I don't need to go anywhere because all my shit's here live um, streaming about how it sucked <laughs> yeah pretty much I was sitting there being have you have you heard this like a, a thing where gamers are like cynical and entitled <laughs> that's what I was doing what yeah video um, game players but so I you know I don't think anyone's really picked up on it. I think it's partially because it's really got to be your game. And WoW at this point has just kind of become such this huge behemoth that it's doing everything at once. So it, yeah, it offers the hardcore for the hardcore raiders. You could do the mythic things and stuff like that. But I, I mean, I pretty much don't know. I think I know one guy who does. And this is from knowing like super hardcore raiders from Vanilla. I think one of them still really does the hardcore stuff. Um, I pretty much did the looking for raid high mall and was like, all right, that was done. That was cool. Um, so I, I think it's the, you got to find your niche if you want to be a game that way. But if you're the size of WoW, you can't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So do to me, think, that's what it is. Do you think it's proximity to other avatars? Because you wonder, you know, you're waiting at your garrison, right? But that's how you used to meet people. You know, you're at a meeting yeah. stone, you're waiting, and you're waiting, and there's nothing to do. And there's people there, and you talk dance, to them, and you get yeah. to be friends, and, and everyone gets dance naked, you dance. Bus. You know, all of that. <laughs> a, a typical Friday night. <laughs> right, exactly. But, you know, what you're talking about waiting, is it because you're by yourself in your garrison that's the issue? Or do you think it's because... You know, if you had other people accessible, would it be more of a social fostering kind of idea? I, I definitely think because I can si I can sit there by myself and, but I guess that's even part of the raid finder problem, right? Like yeah, now finder. I just randomly group with random people and if you say yeah. hi, you're a noob. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, hey guys, like shut up, start healing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have no courtesy. Right. There's no courtesy in Dungeon Finder. Yeah. Well, when you sit when you sit around. Uh, around the PvP terminal or whatever, and you don't, I don't know, I don't necessarily know that having other people around is, is the answer to the question. I mean, there's, I think that, uh, I honestly think that one of the, one of the biggest ways to, to get people to interact with each other is, is good guild tools and uh, yeah. is being able to uh, communicate in, in some sort of fashion within your guild that, that a game helps facilitate some some things to get people to interact and like calendars and things like that that can and guild messages that aren't just a pop up whenever you log in and, and those kinds of things would be uh, would be helpful. I don't necessarily know that that's the answer to the question, but it's it's definitely something that would help the socialization of the, of the game. Yeah, and we were talking about it too beforehand about the fact that, and I hadn't really put two and two together, but the fact that. The guild XP buff, which I think they took out. I feel I think, like they took yeah. that out because I kept being like, I don't feel like I'm getting more XP than I usually am. Anyway, uh, but when they did the guild XP buff where if you were in a certain level of a guild, you would get this consistent XP out in the world, it just lended itself for me joining guilds that I didn't give any crap about. I was literally like, I log into the game on my new guild invites, accept. Yeah, I was just like, that's cool. Tw level 25 guild, accept. 
you know, flame butts? I'm a flame butt. <laughs> I will fly that flag with heart. And then I just never talk to anybody in the guild. I never interact whatsoever because I literally just want to be in the guild. And it's things like that that make you go, well, you're really devaluing what a guild is. Like the whole concept of it, like only going back to, to Star Wars Galaxies one more time. <laughs> I'm done with this. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, that's probably a total lie. Yeah. Uh, but like with Star Wars Galaxy, <laughs> uh, you almost couldn't play the game. Like it was difficult to play the game without being in a guild. Because but, I mean, that's the way. Well, and that's not it was just Galaxies, but with any of them. I mean, you always the same way. Yeah. You couldn't play that game without without a guild, or at least not well. So or ICQ. Yeah. What? Let's. What game out now do we like as far as the guild and the socialization? Is, is, are we playing any? And does anyone have even an example where they're big fans? Well, the, so Eve. Okay, Eve. Corporations, I hear that. And, yeah. and that's going to the complete hardcore where it's basically a free market. Yeah, no, Eve, and I, I played Eve. I played a lot of Eve. It, it, it definitely scratched that itch of you're not going to know what the hell's happening. <laughs> because I logged in and I was like, what the hell's happening? Uh, and then you start to get into that like, oh, all right, okay. I think I understand what's happening. And then you feel really cool until you realize you don't, still don't understand. <laughs> you just scratch that you just scratch, But it's great because it's this whole like little carrot and stick where you're like, and now I know what this game is about. Oh my God, I don't know what this game is about anymore. Oh, but now I know what this game is about. Oh my God, I so don't know anything that's happening. Uh, my biggest problem with Eve, I mean, I know it's not a general MMO conversation, but my biggest problem with Eve is the, the auto-leveling, the, like, the leveling that happens, the scheduled leveling, because it just makes me sort of not know. Like, I'll go, I want to be, I want to have that type of missile. And then it's like, okay, so in three days, I'll come back, and I'll have that type of missile. Without you know doing anything. anything. Without doing yeah. anything. And, I mean, I have to babysit it, so, like, I'll log in and make sure I, you know, Cute. start the next one, and then I log out, and then I come back and start the next one. And then I try it, and I'm like, nah, I don't like those missiles. And I'm like, well, that was three days. Of, you know, in, in most games, you're like, I shoot the missile. It doesn't do very well, but at least I can go, did I like? Was that satisfying? Should I try keep shooting the missile? Uh, but yeah, but I think Eve... <laughs> you're getting very poetic with a missile. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my new T-shirt. Should I keep shooting the missile? <laughs> and you'll just be like this. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? Missile? Is it the game or is it the community that you might still have that you can go and enjoy with these? To your, to your question, Patrick. Like, what do you like that you're playing right now? Um, I, I think partly why I still get drawn to WoW is a lot of us uh, are former hardcore raiders that have either moved on in life or whatever. We can't really do it anymore. But we still have the mindset. So when we go to raid, we're like all in and we know we can like, you got that trust and we know what people are going to do. So that, that's partly what keeps drawing me back and into the, uh, what I, we tend to call it like casually hardcore. Because we are fully dedicated when we're there, but we're only kind of there like four hours a week, you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> but we're, we're there. Um, yeah. But for, for other games, um, it, I, I think Neverwinter, and it, I mentioned that's one I'm playing a lot right now, it definitely harkens back to the pre-looking for raid for the most part in WoW because, and this and this is the sucky part of the pre-looking for raid, is it's really hard to get in a dungeon group, right? Yeah. So we, uh, I just was streaming and we're sitting there and then I'm like, someone's like looking for group. Who wants to do this dungeon? I was like, hey, I want to do that dungeon. And so we ended up 
really getting a group super fast, but then, hey, I made a friend out of that. Like, yeah. we friended that guy instantly. He's like, nice healing. Or I was like, nice healing. He's like, great damage. Friends. <laughs> right? Like, we're best friends now. <laughs> best friends. Oh, I love it. Slash cheer. Yeah. Slash Slash high five. Slash happy. <laughs> Alex, speaking of just like the community, that was something I was excited about your Zero ID that you put together was I played with you and a bunch of like similar friends and sometimes we go to new MMOs and that's why I want to play. Like I have enough console games I can play by myself, but if I'm playing an MMO, I want to chat, I want to interact, I want to see yeah. when crazy things happen. So um, is that some of what helped you with Zero ID and get that going? Yeah, we, uh, Zerg ID really came out of a frustration of having friends that I enjoyed interacting with in-game and accidentally became Facebook friends with them and found out that, like, they love soccer, which I don't. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't want all this interaction about your daily life. Like, I want to know, are we playing tonight? Let's go. Uh, you know, and like we would always find this thing where it was like, okay, we're just about to go on a raid, but our tank is not here. And does anybody know who that person is in real life? Can you text them? And everybody's like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't know that person in real life. And you know, and I have too many people. I don't want to have everybody have, you know, need cell phones. So the other thing for us, um, that was a real frustration was that, you know, MMO is a very sort of transient population, right? So like anytime a new MMO is out, everybody goes, oh, I, I gotta try this. And then they go and they play, and they're like, who? And then they're like, oh, it's Star Wars Galaxy. That shit's terrible. <laughs> but watch yourself. Uh, but no, so it was hard. You know, it's hard to sort of follow your friends unless you're really diligent about it, you know, um, where you're going, what server faction. So we were like, well, why don't we set up a, a site that allows people to sort of have characters from every MMO they've ever played in server factions, all that stuff, so that you can find people that you played you know, UO with or something like that. And, and, even the old ones too. Right, yeah, even the ones that don't exist anymore, um, like Star Wars <coughs> Galaxies. <clears throat> Tabula Raza. Tabula Raza, we, we do have that. I have the collector's edition. <laughs> <laughs> the one guy. <laughs> the one guy. And um, some no, guy who made it in the back is like, hey. <laughs> he woke up back there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, that, that was the that guy. guy. That was a, that's why he the came. lead designer for Tabula Rasa. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh? And, and, and that's so true, too, because there's so many times and where you're like, oh, like, I really like playing with that guy. And then he just, like, disappears. Yeah. And then he, it's because he went to a different game or whatever. But now if you have something like that, um, that's a pretty cool too. We kind of started using Steam in that way, where yeah. we would just like, "What do you want Steam?" Because you're a PC gamer if you're playing an MMO, almost certainly. Yeah. So that was kind of like everyone's got Steam then, right? Yeah, and but not all games have. I mean, this is the big issue: is not all games are on Steam. So right. it's like, well, we, it was just like we just <clears throat> here's my handle on Steam. Oh, I got it. So you would communicate yeah. via Steam. Yeah. Interesting. So it was like our out of whatever MMO yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and it's funny because people ask me all the time, like, well, why wouldn't Blizzard just make that tool to communicate outside the game? And I was like, because they don't want you communicating with people playing Star Wars The Old Republic. Yeah. yeah. Like, they don't care about you finding that person. They actually actively want you to not find that person. <laughs> that, that's exactly my experience because, you know, I'll play a game, I'll get to be good friends with people, I'll have a guild and stuff like that, and we have all these social you know, things that we can use now, you know, Twitter, Snapchat, yeah. Instagram, Vine, all that. And at that point, you can communicate with them outside the game, and then you just stop playing the game. 
game. You're like, oh, well, I, <laughs> yeah. I know these people and we're hanging out, so yeah. I, I stopped playing You actually playing the game. go out to the bar or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there. Uh, outside in outside. the world? <laughs> what? <laughs> A tavern? <laughs> yeah. Where are the mailman? Feel free to come up. Go up to the mic. Oh, I, oh we're doing a QA oh, part. Apparently. Yeah. I like it. Nobody has questions. Nobody cares. All right, we have one. Let's go. Two. All right. Somebody broke the seal. Oh, you broke the seal. There you go. Let's are we on? on? There it is. Oh, now we're on. Hi. player, I'm willing to get up here and sacrifice myself. <laughs> nice. Uh, you were touching a minute ago about the ease of getting things. Mm. And I want to kind of touch upon that when it comes to rating. Uh, being an EverQuest and then a WoW player, I watched rating go from two or three raids at once and playing a fear in EverQuest and dying and spending eight hours trying to recover corpses <laughs> too. Now I can just hug and get in a queue and nobody talks. And yeah. How do you think that's impacted the community and the ease of looking for groups in small raids versus big raids? I think it's been, I, I mean, I think it's an, it's hard, I think it's in one respect, a positive thing because it allows the people to go, hey, that guy's got purple shoulders. I want purple shoulders, and now I can go get them. But I think it's it's negatively impacted because there's sort of no goals left in the game. Like, yeah. I want to get slightly better purple shoulders. So that that gap is is so big. You know what I mean? Like the LFR, like LFR really, should, they should just hand you purples. Like you should just get sit in a queue for half an hour, and then you just get a purple. Like that should be it's, LFR. It's, it's that easy. I, I have we haven't wiped yet. Yeah. Like, oh no. I haven't wiped and it looked and I even did MC. Yeah. Looking for raid. Me we, too. It was the slappiest fest ever. It, and it, we just got and that was done. Yeah. And we just got the six forty head item yep. or whatever it yeah. was. But I yeah, it's definitely that thing where it, it adds accessibility. Yeah. But then um, takes away from kind of the achievement. Yeah. yeah. And I remember when, when I was hardcore raiding, we had a party once, and I randomly met a guy on my server at my party. Like, we had a guild party at my house. And he was like a friend of a friend who came to this party. Yeah, I was that nerd. Uh, <laughs> and he was on my server. And he was like, dude, you, you guys are ATR. And he was like so excited because we had brought him on one of our raids once. He was in like one oh, of the, yeah. and he got his first epic on our raid. Yeah. And he was just like thrilled. And he's like, I haven't been on a raid since, but that was awesome, right? Like, <laughs> he loved it. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was very cool. I think it's impacted, uh, are we still talking about that yeah, question? Yeah, it's fine. I think it's impacted guilds more, for me at least, because you know there are times where you need those people to come with you and help you to get through a certain raid, or you need to work together, and you have your raid team, you meet every day you know, at four o'clock or whatever, and you raid, and then you, you need that certain item. And now, you know, it, things appear in your bag yeah, randomly, yeah. and it's specific to you. You know, I remember going through the old Zulgarub to the Panther boss and losing a roll on a dagger to a hunter because it had stamina. And yeah. that still angers me. <laughs> Hunters! Why do they roll at daggers? Yes, because, you know, so that particular item means something to you, so you're going to work together yeah. with your guild yeah. to do Did that. you at least get a bow? Just to like, oh, I oh should have. no, 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 my rogue had a uh, prince's bow, the, like <laughs> fire bow from Karazhan, and I used to pick, take it out, I would just like sit, just to and be I would dead. go, shweep. <laughs> Whenever a hunter would walk by, I'd just go, shweep. So we had DK. And they were like, what the, what, uh, what do you have that bow for? So that was DK what I was saving for. But nice. anyway. That sucks. Yeah. yeah. Next <laughs> Anyway. Shroud of the Avatar, there are certain gestures that you can only get by having other players teach them to you. 
Ooh. Uh, and so that kind of encouraged you to socialize and things like that. I was wondering, I think most MMOs that we play, they have a lot of things in common. Like, I, you know, we talk about ratings a lot, and most games kind of have that sort of looking at group sort of mechanic. But I think every individual game has some something that's very unique that's specific to it. And I was wondering if you had any sort of um, things you wanted to talk about specific in any particular type of game or any particular game that you played that you felt, felt played a really nice role in creating good social dynamics. I'm going to go tabula rasa. <laughs> so I'll, I, I'll set the I love stage. That, I love that that could have either been a joke or you're <laughs> honest about it. I'm honest. I we have enough Star Wars. It. That was amazing. <laughs> so in, in that game, where, like you were saying, you, you would learn a gesture from another play. You actually learned other spells. And I, it, it was so long ago and only up for so short. I, I don't even remember all the details. But you had to run around the world to find either spells or like runes that did something. So, what? Oh, okay, yeah, that, that was, I don't even know what you said, but. Logos. Logos, yes. <laughs> and I don't, but I, that was great. What did they do? I don't remember what they did. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's what you guys said. Yeah, I didn't hear it, but that. I thought he said locusts, and I was like, no. And I was trying to, like, the hamster was going, like, well, contextually, what that mean? Um, but yeah, so you had to run around and find them. And there was a bunch of them, so it was kind of like, hey, you have that one. Where the hell is it? Yeah. And it was, it was an exploration thing. You could go find everything on your own or just ask somebody. Yeah. Well, EverQuest actually had where you would learn languages and things mm -hmm. like that yeah. from, other, from other players. And that's just, I mean, that, that was another thing that was, that was really cool. And I, I think more, more games should incorporate that. Well, the, my, or... Dang it, Charles. I was just about to bring it up. It's all right. I know what you're going to say, and I was going to bring it up. But you, you would be able to not only just go to a trainer, but you yeah. would be able to train from another player. And that was, that's a really, you don't, you don't find that anymore. Yeah, I mean, and talk about how cool that feels to be like a master whatever, and somebody come running up and go, oh, oh, hey, I just, I just got enough XP from all those butterflies. Can you train me like level one gun shooting? And you're like, yes, I will. Yeah. I mean, how badass is that? Just like, you? just knights you right yeah. there. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> you now are yeah. level two pistolier. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Go amongst the yeah. world. Go, kill more butterflies. <laughs> but what if, what so if he goes the other way and he's like, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> or he just shoots you. He's like, thanks, man. <laughs> Bang. Yeah. That's, that's actually happened. I've, I've had that kind of thing happen before. Where somebody said, "No, I, you're part of this guild or whatever." And yeah. I, yeah, 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 which is perfectly legitimate as far as I'm concerned. In yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't try it. I love yeah. it. Invest it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only want good people using my skills. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, you got to earn this. Yeah. Show me how many butterflies you can kill in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Slash dance for me, monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some money. Here's some money. One tip, tip, tip. Also, we're also like, why are we talking about that nobody wants to talk to anymore? It's because of this shit. What we do. That's why there's uh, no. Amazing. That's why there's no social. Yeah. <laughs> Good afternoon. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. We mentioned earlier uh, the third gentleman from Big Ryan was talking about how he had to switch to his different phone company, talk to his friend. Yes. And um, I've been playing your game. I've been playing more for over 10 years. I've been playing online for 10 years. I'm still quite sure if I'm proud of that or not. <laughs> yeah. There, I've noticed that there, uh, in this day and age, there's a lot of new competitive games coming up, the League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Dota 2, all these fast-paced, 
highly communicated games, it's been very important for gamers, especially PC gamers, to have vocal communication voice programs, be it Skype, TeamSpeak, um, Audible, Raid Call, Ventrilo. Ventrilo. The OG. Uh, would you say, because when coming to MMOs, sure you have your elements that are fast paced, competitive, you know, you have your PC, you have your race, mm. but when you join a guild, let's say you don't know anybody in that guild, right? And all you see on the guild's message today is join our controller, join our team speak, and you have no other communication with people in the guild. Uh, are you, would you say that the rise of voice is causing kind of a schism between the new players and the more experienced people? Because if you go into that voice, you go into that Skype or that TeamSpeak group, you see that all the people are playing, you can meet with people, you can take those people into other games and have the channels. Whereas if you don't ever take that step and go into the room, you're in a ghost town. It's you by yourself, you don't know what's going on, you don't know who's on. So actually, on that, like I find yeah. it goes a little bit both ways, where sometimes Guild Chat is empty or Mumble's empty. So what do you guys? Yeah, think? I always, I it is very frustrating to me because I'm not a huge fan of of just casual hangout voips. You know what I mean? Like I'll hop on Mumble if we're doing a raid and be there and laugh and scratch, have a good time. But I'm not gonna like if I'm just leveling. I don't want to just be hanging in a chat. You know what I mean? But it is frustrating when like especially like we'll have one guy. Um, this happened in Swotor. We had one guy who would hang out in uh, Mumble, and he wouldn't have he like he had a kid or something. He couldn't talk, but he would type in the guild chat, right? So I'm like I'm out playing by myself, and all of a sudden it's like laugh out loud in guild chat. <laughs> no, 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 really. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and it's because this whole conversation's happening in Mumble. You're getting half of the conversation. And I'm just getting this one guy's response to all of the things. <laughs> so this so, is adver advertising. It is. To be honest, it did make me kind of like, and then I'll be like, <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> what are you guys talking about me? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm online as well, guys. I'm just not in the thingy. So I think it does, it's a little, like, it, it can be good because it can, it can bring people in. Like, if you join a guild and they have a ventrilo and you get on, you can actually have more deep conversations or more sort of hangout time uh, to get to know these people. But it can sort of lead to this, like, I don't want to make that jump yet. I got to get to know yeah, them first. You know? A lot of people have seen they, like, <clears throat> alienate them almost. Like, yeah. like they, for whatever reason, they didn't want to do it. They thought it was, like, I had a lot of people, like, it's too nerdy. Like, you're playing a PC game, like, what are you talking, you're already nerdy, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. It's not, there's no, like, level, like, oh, I'm only level two nerdy, that's level three, I don't go level three nerdy. D&D four. Yeah, I, and people got alienated, and they, you know, they wouldn't, and then it was like, oh, then it became required, right, because yeah, you, you wiped yeah. us, because you weren't listening. Yeah. And it's, it, it was weird, finicky, but most yeah. people did just do it, and then would just kind of lurk. Yeah, I found. I used really to be in my guild that we would require uh, people be in Mumble because we did a lot of we did a lot of raiding, we did a lot of uh, you know dungeon crawling, that kind of thing that re required the instant communication. Um, but and it became a social hangout as well. But I found I found that we actually enjoyed each other's company better when we weren't talking with each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was better. Like, oh, like they're nice when they're not talking. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think a part of it is that we have to think, you have to think more when you're typing. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer for most people to type than to talk. And it just, I think that that's part of it. 
you, you have to think about it. Now. They had to come up with yeah. a fleshed out thought before exactly. they started mouth dumping. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't like that because when I'm on vent, I'm actually playing and I ask people, you know, things about quests like Swotor or whatever, you know, what, where's this? But if I'm having to type at the same time I'm playing, I'm doing that thing where I'm like, you know, yeah, yeah. one one four you know, in the chat, which is no good. So yeah. I mean, you just blame it on your cat then. Oh, my uh, cat ran across, cat ran across the keyboard, the keyboard. Yeah. every five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's interesting. It's a very active people. cat. Yeah. <laughs> for those people that don't get on vent, though, I mean, I've had years yeah. where I'll be in a guild and I've never heard someone's voice, and yeah. then they get on vent the first time, and you get to know them a little bit, and you can yeah. hear. I had a guy that actually ended up dating, funny enough, um, who that I happens. thought was a girl because he was a pink-haired gnome in WoW <laughs> for a year, and we were friends. I didn't even realize that it was a guy. Yeah. It's usually the case. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how that is. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Let's yeah, one more question. Pretty much always a guy. Hit us. So what I'm hearing is that there seems to be kind of a, a, a duality here. You either have compulsory community stuff or you have a desire for community stuff. Do you think the games like, say, Rust or Space Engineers are sort of the neo-MMOs of that world? can kind of benefit the way of MMOs in general in that there is a balance between what you're not going to be able to do as well if you're not part of a community, but there are also perks to being in a community. I think that can marry these two concepts. Well, I definitely like the idea of having... I, I mean, I don't... I, I, I know this is very difficult to do, but I like the idea of rewarding people for, for being social, but also not penalizing people for not being social. Because that's really the balance that you got to strike, you know? It's like... I like that it sort of goes, hey, if you want to be the best at this, then you need to be interacting with these people in a very social way. However, if you're okay just being fairly good at this, you can still get away with it. Because I also don't want to, you know, sit up here and say like, oh, well, all MMO, like, wow is bad because it doesn't have all these things. It's still a good game. It's just, I think there's a lament of it feels like it's lost the M in the MMO. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like MMO now, especially with some of these, like, you know, like Destiny is a great example where it's like, everybody's like, oh, it's a console MMO. And I pick up the thing, and I'm like, no, it's a co-op game, like Global Agenda, with other people running around. That does not mean just because it's massive, theoretically. You know what I mean? Like, and then it goes to the, the thing of, well, what, what is my definition of an MMO versus the actual definition of an MMO? Because really, an MMO is just any, like, Candy Crush is an MMO. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a massively multiplayer online game. You can play with tons of people. Uh, so it just sort of becomes this thing of, like, what's that, what's that balance? And also, as we were saying, it, it, would a game like Swotor? I'm, I'm very interested in the, uh, the uh, repopulation which has just started to come out, and they're very much like, we're going to make a game like Star Wars, uh, uh, in the ilk of Star Wars Galaxies. And it actually sounds like Camelot Unchained is going to be doing a lot of the same yeah. stuff, yes. um, which I'm very excited about. Will those flourish? Because there are enough people that are like, I, I'm, I yearn for the old days of the grind is the good suck, as my friends say. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm wondering actually how many people in this room would appreciate a game like, you know, like the, the Star Wars Galaxies that where you had to wait for something and it had to... Everybody's very well, quiet. Positional yeah. reaction. Oh, there's a hand. Yeah. All right, so four. Okay. <laughs> All right, so thanks for who coming. Can make a game a little for four people and be proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the thing, the thing is, though, and here's, here's the big thing that developers, I think, would have to think about, is that 
you're going to be sacrificing people to make a game like yeah. that. Yeah. You're going you're you're not going to attract It's the, niche. you're not yeah. going to attract the numbers that wow. Well, but then again, you think about it, it's like independent film, you know what I mean? Like there are there are movies that get made that make 10 million dollars. I know it sounds it's like Crimea River, uh, but that make ten million dollars, and then you have you know like Battlefield Four, which is going to come out, and then the new you know Battlefield Five is going to make seventy billion dollars. Like that's just going to happen. So it's like the problem is, can you convince a, de a developer to chase the slightly profitable, really niche cult game versus I want to just make the next? Candy Crush and start making a million and a half dollars. Just roll every around cent. in money. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, there. It's happening. I'm excited. It's and I think it comes to the the passion at that point. Yeah. Like they they just really are behind that and I I don't remember who it was but the, one of the big designers was just like I just make games I want to play. Yeah. Right. And yeah. he's like I figure other people will like it. Yeah. It's probably Tim Schafer or something yeah, like that. Right. Yeah. Double fine. <laughs> That sounds like it. That sounds like it. He seems cool. But I mean, you, you, <laughs> but you, you, seems you do cool. see it working. You do see the niche working. I mean, uh, Chris Roberts, even though uh, with Star Citizen, cool. started, it, it's, yeah. it's pretty much it's a niche game, really, to be fair. But he's making oh, tons of money. Yeah, but there's, it's not. It, I don't, that one I'm still scared. It, it is a niche game, it but. It's almost like, like, oh wait, everyone else put money in on this. I better put money on this now. There's nothing even like it's so barely even available as what it was initially pitched as, right? Because right. Right? it's the scope creep is just like it's but the definition. It, it, it's, it's, but you see that it can work. That's basically yeah. that's, that's the thing, and it, and it can work, and it can be uh, an, an amazing game. And I think that if developers aren't afraid to step out into you know the unknown and which is and it's really tough i understand that because you know they got families to feed and stuff mm -hmm. like that i think you'd be surprised though <laughs> i mean the i think you'd be surprised the community is if you get that niche game and you get yep. the community that supports that and really wants hardcore, you know, like I said, positionals, reactives, like really challenging gameplay, I think those people are really, really passionate about what they yeah. want. And, you know, they're like us. The nostalgic old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think the people Sorry, that Sorry, I'm going to, oh, I have good. to cut us off. Oh. oh. But um, let's thank our panelists again real quick. So. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Enjoy PAX. Don't get the PAX box. Don't get the PAX box. <laughs> and that's our show for this week. Feel free to come and check out our other podcast, Death Before Dishonor, which is a live recording of a D&D session with international players that we record most every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch. Uh, the Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Genesee. Or you can check out the Soundstage podcast, which is another really new show that's being added to our network right now. We can hear about indie music, all sorts of other geekery, etc. So check that out, as well as the gray area. And, uh, and thanks for supporting the show. If you'd like to find out more about Camelot Unchained, our MMO in development right now, you can go to camelotunchained.com, read up on our lore. We have BSC documents there, which you can click on. That'll tell you all about our crafting system, our map system, our progression system, stat system, all the rest of that if you want to find out more details. So if you're looking for a different kind of game, a game that has complexity and depth, and where you can run around in an open sandbox world, realm against realm, and try your skills, you want to look at Camelot Unchained. Find all of that and more at camelotunchained.com.